The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. Welcome to the Ray Hanania Radio Show, broadcasting on the U.S. Arab Radio Network in Detroit on WNZK AM 690 Radio and in Washington, D.C. on WDMV AM 700 Radio, sponsored by Arab News. I'm Ray Hanania, and it's Wednesday, September 27th, and this is Season 3, Episode 22. We have an amazing story and interviews for you today. Lebanese-American Carlos Gohan was a celebrated businessman who radically restructured the Renault Automobile Company when he was hired there in 1996, and it increased the company's profits dramatically the following year. Years later, Renault and Nissan formed an alliance that Gohan oversaw, and he joined Nissan as its COO in 1999, becoming president in 2000, and then CEO in 2001. He was only the fourth non-Japanese person to add a Japanese automaker. The world was awed by this successful rapid rise in the auto industry. But in 28, things things quickly changed when he was arrested by Tokyo police and accused of engaging in false accounting practices. He was also later charged by the government of France in April 22, 2022 for his role in overseeing Renault, a dramatic fall from Grace Scott's the board. Gohan was arrested, released, and then rearrested several times and placed under house arrest until after posting bond and he was released in bail in 2019. His fate in Japan seemed certain and ominous until a former Green Beret, Michael Taylor, was brought in. On December 29, 2019, Gohan left his Tokyo apartment and was secretly escorted out of the country in a large crate by Taylor, the former Green Beret, um, who had much experience in doing these uh, uh, events. Taylor and his son Peter, however, were later arrested in May 2020 in Massachusetts and then extradited to Japan in March 2021. His son was eventually released after serving time, and Michael Taylor was released on January 1, 2023. You couldn't make this story up. We're going to be talking with Michael Taylor and an attorney who believes Taylor was wrongly charged and convicted, Dr. William Cleary. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will speak with both Michael Taylor and legal expert Dr. William Cleary on this amazing case and find out from them the truth, the accuracy, the lies, the falsehoods, and was this justice or injustice? We'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. 
Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali al-Baghdadi and Fatty Bottom serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali al-Baghdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CDC guidelines and is open every day 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15-Mile Road, Sterling Heights. With more than 30,000 successful in vitro fertilizations, IVF Michigan is now ranked as one of America's best fertility clinics according to Newsweek magazine. IVF Michigan fertility centers are the recognized leaders in high-quality fertility care. With locations in Bloomfield Hills and nine other cities in Michigan and Ohio, IVF has experts in all aspects of the field. A founding member, American Board Certified Dr. Nicholas Shama, is one of the leading reproductive endocrinologists in Michigan and Ohio. He has performed over 20,000 successful IVF cases and it's helped thousands of couples fulfill their dreams of parenthood. When it's time to get personalized care from Dr. Nicholas Shama at one of America's best fertility clinics, call IVF Michigan Fertility Centers in Michigan and Ohio toll-free at 855-952-9600. 855-952-9600. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Welcome back to the Ray Hanania Radio Show. Michael Taylor, 60, and his son, Peter Taylor, 28, pled guilty to charges that they helped Carlos Ghosn escape his arrest in Tokyo. I have uh, Michael Taylor on the line with us here at Zoom at the U.S. Arab Radio Network. And I also have Bill Cleary, a former Guam attorney who for the past 20 years has also been in Japan practicing law and teaching it. And he's been involved in some high pro profile cases. He argues that the charges filed against the Taylors were unjustified and wrong. Welcome to both you guys. Thank you for coming on the radio show. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's start with Michael Taylor. Michael, tell us, give us a little summary of this whole case. Maybe correct anything that I may have misstated, but, uh, from your perspective, what, tell us what happened. As I understand it, and based on what Greg Kelly says, who's a very credible man, 
Um, there was a coup inside Nissan to get rid of Carlos Cosan and Greg Kelly. Um, Greg Kelly was more of a collateral damage uh, with regard to their ultimate coup. It was Carlos who was their, their target. Um, they targeted him internally and they were successful in getting him arrested and getting Greg Kelly arrested as well. After spending uh, several months in solitary confinement as what the Japanese judicial system does to you, um, Carlos Gosen uh, eventually made bail. He paid about 13.8 million after several times going in and out and getting recharged again. And I got a phone call one day asking, hey, can you help somebody that's uh, being tortured? Uh, and he got set up and it was a coup, so on and so forth. And that's the information I had. I checked with legal counsel to see if it was legal. They said bail jumping is not a crime in Japan. Um, so aiding and abetting somebody leaving on bail is not a crime. Uh, I went there and got him out. Uh, as I said, I would. I, I developed a plan. I did the reconnaissance and... I executed the plan. The plan was flawless. We took him out. I took him to Istanbul, Turkey, put him on a second airplane, and off he went to Beirut, where he's still today. He's safe and sound in Beirut. Um, you weren't safe I, and we, sound, though, right? No, I would say, uh, no, actually, in Lebanon, you're safe and sound, because Lebanese don't extradite anybody. Right. Um, but, but I heard that uh, there was an arrest warrant. I had an attorney fly over. Uh, an American attorney, Dan Reno, fly over and meet with me in uh, Beirut and said that he believes there's an arrest warrant out and that uh, it was his belief, based on his vast experience in, in the legal field, that they would try to extradite me. So he was concerned about that. So immediately I jumped on an airplane, came back to the States to face that potential extradition, which, again, on I think it was May 19th. Uh, 2020, the marshals came to our house and arrested my son and I both and took us to a, a local county jail where we went wow. through the extradition process and, until that was in May. And then we finally, uh, in March, beginning of March, we were extradited to Japan. The legal efforts here were, 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 were fruitless because the judge um, said she wouldn't rule on Japanese law. Uh, and she said, uh, if there's an issue of torture, State Department give me a sworn document saying they won't be tortured. Of course, the State Department provided that document, knowing full well that we would be tortured because it's on their website. And the uh, the consuls, the American consuls in Japan, that came to visit us, told us they knew we'd be tortured because everybody gets frozen and frostbite there. So henceforth, we did our time there. We had no choice but to plead guilty. Otherwise, we'd end up like Greg Kelly. It took him three, three and a half years to get to trial. His trial took 10 months. Wow. And it was only about 35 days of trial, or maybe and, it was 60 days of trial. But his trial pleading, was 10 months. And, and pleading guilty made it a swifter, faster time, correct? Well, absolutely. And there's no sense for us to try to go to trial when they have a 99.4% conviction rate. Right. Their conviction rate's higher than North Korea or Russia. So let, it, let, it let's was turn to, there were, there, there's no justice there. Let's turn to Dr. William Cleary, the idea of jumping bail. Now, when I hear that, I've covered Chicago politics 45 years. When I hear that, I think of a crime, but tell us about how it applies in Japan. Is that not a crime or what, what is it? What did they do to Michael Taylor and his son? Well, let me explain how uh, I got involved with this. Um, uh, when Carlos uh, escaped and went to Lebanon, he held a press conference. And that was the first time the Japanese knew that he was gone. 
you know, he by his by his own press conference yeah. there in Beirut. And uh, so then the next day, all I was watching the Japanese TV, and even the Minister of Justice, uh, Mori, the woman, uh, said that uh, bail jumping is not a crime. And everybody's going, yeah, there's a big loophole in our law here. So I thought, well, if if um, you know if it's not a crime, then uh, uh, then uh, then well th later on I heard that uh, Michael and Peter had been arrested and uh, were in Boston and uh, in a federal prison there. And uh, so then I reached out to Paul Kelly and uh, said uh, let him know, let him know that, know that I was here and was available to assist them if I could in any way with my knowledge of Japanese law. And uh, so then uh, we started looking into it. And um, the crime that they were charged with was harboring. And harboring means you are hiding somebody from the police during an active investigation. In this case, the investigation had been completed. Carlos Ghosn was out on bail. He could walk around, he could go to the restaurants, he could watch a movie. You know, so the investigation, they felt they had enough evidence already that they didn't need to continue the investigation. So now everybody's saying that, uh, uh, that the, the, uh, you know, a lot of experts other than myself are saying the same thing, that, uh, that uh, he didn't commit a crime by escaping. He just, he loses his bail money. So then I started thinking, I said, well, if what he did was not a crime, how can helping some, helping him do that? be a crime? How could the people right. that helped him escape? And so um, that's where, where I believe. Uh, is this is uh, this a case where uh, people, you know, we're in the United States, we have a different sense of justice and ju the judicial system. We just assume, I, it never occurred to me that Japan was a place that was so brutal, the way they treated people, or that, the, and we just assume that a Western nation, quote unquote, would have a similar justice system, but apparently that's not the case. The laws are different between the two. Well, the, yeah, it's an old fashioned system. I think Peter mentioned that in an interview the other day I was watching, saying that it's like an a, a, a ancient system that's still being uh, continued today. And that's accurate. Um, that uh, the, the, the prosecutors want to pump a confession, whether the person's guilty or not. Because now it's a slam dunk for them. They win because right. they got a confession. And uh, so they work really hard. And that's why they call it hostage justice here, because they try to, um, to beat the person down. Now, my advice to other Americans that have been in similar situations is don't confess. Don't admit it. Fight it. Because if you fight it, now you're making a tough job for the prosecutors because they have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. And uh, that advice has, has paid off for some of uh, some of the people I know that that have but been arrested. If, but if I'm fight. correct, and I was just going to ask Michael Taylor about this Apple Plus TV uh, uh, documentary series that they did. It seemed that if you were to fight them, the Japanese judicial system would become even meaner and crueler. Was that you spent time? What what was it like there? How did they treat you? Well, you get treated like uh, like uh, they've never heard of human rights. So, and and anytime I hear, you know, the president of the United States right. and the prime minister of Japan beating their chests, you know, proclaiming that they're the beacon of human rights, I want to puke in their face. 
because it's all a fraud. <laughs> it's complete frost, fraud, fraud. They, they have no concept of that whatsoever. And that's just for public perception. In fact, they clearly torture people. The United Nations has even declared it as such and their findings in their investigation that they did over a year just on Carlos. Now, mind you, Carlos barely did any time compared to us. You know, my son Peter did 13 and a half months in solitary confinement, and I did 17 months in solitary confinement. And during that time, six and a half months, I was only allowed to take two showers. Wow. You sit, on the, you sit on the floor, the lights are on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and nothing nothing you get no help you get no nothing and there's no heat in the winter time so you get frostbite every day on your hands and feet in the summertime people are constantly getting heat stroke so they're getting yanked when, out of there when people think of the word torture they think of electric prods the nails being popped off your hands but they just they don't think of these other forms of deprivation that you were put through basically correct which i yeah. guess is a form of torture if you have to do that over a two-year period, no dark. Yeah, yeah, the United Nations declares that 15 consecutive days or more of solitary confinement is considered torture. 17 months wow. is a lot longer than 15 days. So that is definitely torture. You're, did, you're did allowed both, very little commu commu communication as well. You're only allowed four letters a month to write. Michael, what did you think of that Apple Plus TV documentary? How did you feel about it? Um, it was interesting. It was very well done. Uh, James Jones did a, a really good job on it, uh, directing it, producing it. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, again, it doesn't tell the whole story. There's so much more to this that you only have so much time to, to put it out. Um, but, you know, MGM's making a movie about it, and I'm sure that'll, that'll put some more of the truth involved. I think there's another movie on Apple TV about Gowen uh, himself, but yeah, did, what do you think they got right about it? And what do you think they got wrong about this story? You know, portraying what happened to you. Did they get anything that, is there something that really stood out like, no, that's just absolutely wrong. If I see something about me, I get upset about it. Um, did, did you see something and say, wait a minute, that is absolutely wrong. Was there something like that? Yeah, I did see a few things. Uh, one of the things, unfortunately, that jumps out at me is when they asked Carlos Gusson, uh, about you know other victims in this that helped him, and he said, "I'm the victim." Wow, wow. Which leads me to, and before I get to my next question, let me just ask Dr. William Cleary. This is uh, amazing. I bet there are a lot of Americans who think that no, Japan is like us. This doesn't happen there. Um, is this supposed uh, to be an uh, eye opener for us that we should open our eyes or? Uh, definitely, definitely an eye opener. I, I, I've been practicing law here for about 30 years and I worked with a lot of Japanese lawyers and I've been to the police station and uh, had clients that had been detained. And I was on the other side of the glass acting as an interpreter. And uh, it's, a, it's a really tough situation for them. And I have to explain to them that it's not like America. You know, there's no Miranda rights. There's no right to have your attorney present during questioning. And that comes wow. as a shock. Yeah, it is a shock. It comes, it comes as a big shock to people who are not familiar with the system. And uh, but I want to point out one thing. Um, when I got involved, my interest was not to help Michael and Peter. My interest was to inform the judges at the federal district court in Boston to make the right decision. 
I was hoping that they would uh, dig into the, the Japanese law and realize what they were doing and make a good decision. So my, my motive was to help the court understand Japanese law. And unfortunately, they didn't go along with my decision, but the prosecutors were also uh, writing counter opinions to countermine. And each time I would come back with a different one. And they, they presented two cases, one in Sapporo and one in Nagoya. The one in Sapporo was a car accident where a young man jumped into the driver's seat after the accident when he would, actually wasn't driving. And he was charged with 103, harboring, basically impeding an investigation. Another case in Nagoya was where a criminal uh, had fled and his friend gave him some cash, some credit cards and some SIM cards. And that person was charged with harboring. But those, wow. both of those cases were active investigations. Carlos Ghosn had not, the investigation had finished. So those, factually, they don't match up. So you felt there was a legal principle that had to be addressed as opposed to, hey, I want to help Michael Taylor. Um, exactly. You would help everybody, but you felt that this legal principle had to be addressed. That's exactly right. And they, they uh, and I didn't want the American authorities to be uh, misled by the Tokyo prosecutors about Japanese law. And I was just counting. I said, there's another argument out there. And uh, uh, they, uh, uh, that, that you need to understand and that they widened the interpretation of 103 to include uh, Peter and Michael in this situation. But they have, in the past, there's never been a factual case anywhere near or similar to this case. Let me go back to Michael Taylor and uh, we, where we left off was that uh, going, I saw the documentary, he said he was the victim. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Michael Taylor and his son were the ones that ended up in prison for <laughs> something that they felt that they could do legally and then suffered through, I don't recall, the fo nobody focused on you. Nobody focused on your son. Did that anger you that, I mean, did you feel betrayed after what you did? You saved his life. Um, and did you feel betrayed that he had such callous disregard for what you went through and your son went through? Yeah, we, we were definitely betrayed. My poor son, Peter, had nothing to do with the operation itself. He wasn't even in the country when I pulled Carlos Gusen out of Japan. He, by coincidence, happened to be there because he had seen Carlos before. He was doing search engine optimization work for him, boosting up his, his good articles and pushing down the bad ones. So, yeah, we, we were definitely betrayed. There's no issue about that. But we were also betrayed by the Trump administration, by President Trump and Mike Pompeo. This was not a crime. However, if there's business involved and major defense contractors you know, people start finding excuses to make things happen and go along with it and have the U.S. attorneys push a little bit harder than normal, have the State Department, you know, suck it up to the Japanese and all the lobbyists are getting involved and none of the politicians want to step up and do anything, including your own state senators like Elizabeth Warren and Markey. They didn't want to get involved. Well, you know, some of the interesting aspects are the Japanese spend $138 million a year on lobbyists inside the Beltway. And wow. those defense contractors involved with, you know, Aegis radar systems that was going on at the time, um, they get campaign donations. 
So, you know, this wasn't about justice, as Dr. Cleary said. And Dr. Cleary is the only American citizen that has received a, a, a PhD, a doctorate in criminal procedure in Japan. So in 30 years of experience there, he knows a little bit about the law. <laughs> so, you know, you're not going to you're not going to, you know, sling any bull next to that guy. That's for sure. I know I'd be very upset if I went to the length that you went to save somebody who was a multi, I, I might even think this guy could be a billionaire. Um, he had so much money. Um, you know, I have to ask, I, he, he obviously was supposed to pay you to get him out of the country. Did he pay you? Did you get paid? You know, uh, yes, I did get some remuneration. However, I still have well over a million dollars outstanding in legal fees that I owe. Does he that owe hasn't you, been paid. Does he owe you money in terms of what he promised he would pay you to get him out? Besides, well, the, I, the I don't want to go into I don't want to go into all the details. But if I save Ray or if I save Doctor Cleary, and, and we had an agreement beforehand that if there's legal fees, you're paying for him. Wouldn't you feel responsible to pay him? Absolutely. Absolutely. And plus, I feel grateful to you to have gotten me out of a bad situation. He is living um, pretty much freely in Lebanon, which doesn't have an extradition treaty. Apparently, there's no way unless he were to leave the country that he would face some type of charges. Would you stand up to him if for some reason he were absconded out of Lebanon and arrested in another country? Would you testify in his defense? I wouldn't have anything to say in his defense. Okay. Remember, he, he, yeah. he, his own words is he's the victim. Right. It Nobody else. So he's callous. the victim. He's and, the victim. I, I know that there's, uh, uh, what do you think of his future? I mean, I know that there are international arrest warrants for him in Japan and France that are still outstanding. I mean, even though he, he claims to be the victim and he's living freely in Lebanon, what kind of life is that? What do you think is in store for him? You think arrogance might push him to say, I did this, I can, I'll go out on one of my yachts and, uh, and maybe who knows that they get a little uh, overconfident, don't they? That everything's going their way. He might end well, he up does, in another country. He does go out on his yachts there's plenty of press reports about that. So yeah, he does that. No problem. Do you think um, he'll ever be arrested? He's living his life in Lebanon. No, as long as he stays within Lebanon's territory, he can't be extradited. So he's, he's safe in Lebanon. Dr. Cleary, you think there's any chance that Japan or even France could get him out of Lebanon without him actually leaving on his own? That's an excellent question, and I don't know. That's beyond my expertise. I just have no idea. Um, although it was um, once contemplated that after he was in Lebanon that uh, he could be captured and brought back to Japan. I did hear some discussions about that as a possibility, but it never happened. And, and uh, Michael Taylor, did he ever reach out to you at all? After you left him in Lebanon, did he ever reach out to you when you were in prison, after you left prison? Had, had he contacted you at all? No. Wow. And Peter wasn't contacted either. However, 
And Peter went to Lebanon. He wasn't contacted. Um, Greg Kelly did reach out to us. He's just checking on us and see how we were doing mentally and wow. physically, which was really, really kind of him. Right. It shows, shows what a gentleman he is. I don't know. I say you... something? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, regarding Greg Kelly, I remember when his wife, Dee, made a passionate uh, video presentation on CNN telling about what had happened to her husband, how he was tricked into flying over and, that was, and uh, there was a coup set up. So I reached out to her and said, uh, if I can help you guys in any way, let me know. And actually tomorrow I'm going to be talking with Greg. And, uh, and, uh, and I was so happy to see in that Apple video him with his family in Tennessee uh, toasting red wine, you know, and with his and just with his grandkids and he's back having a normal life. But it was really uh, heartwarming. So, uh, the, so anyhow, yeah, Greg Kelly, uh, he fought it and he spent a long time there, but, uh, and it cost him a lot of money and three years of his life, um, but now he's home. We're on the line with Michael Taylor and Dr. William Cleary, a legal authority. Uh, Michael Taylor was the man who basically saved Carlos Gosen from years of imprisonment in Japan. Um, and uh, who knows what kind of horrible life, the way he would have been treated there. Um, and we're talking to him about what happened, how it happened. And uh, Dr. William Cleary is giving us some legal perspective. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue the discussion with our two guests, Michael Taylor and an attorney who believed Taylor was wrongly charged and convicted, Dr. Will William Cleary. This is Ray Hanania. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Ziad Brand, quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rigo Picon, Dana, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. Were you recently at the emergency room, urgent care, or at your doctor's office being told you need a hand, wrist, or elbow specialist? At the Katranji Hand Center, we offer the latest techniques in hand, wrist, and elbow care. From sports injuries to work injuries to everyday hand, wrist, and elbow problems, the specialists at Katranji Hand Center are here to get you back on track. Call us in Troy today at 248-869-4263 or visit us at katranjihandcenter.com to schedule your appointment today. Are you going to start a restaurant or a grocery store soon? Do you need floor plans and designs? Call Naji Aboud at 734-744-9796. Do you want to buy kitchen and restaurant equipment at discount prices? Call Naji Aboud now, 734-744-9796. New concept products and design, the trademark of kitchen equipment. 5% discount on all purchases of $75,000 or more. 
New concept products and design. New location, 31185 Schoolcraft in Livonia. Learn more at www.newconceptproducts.com. Call Najee Abood, 734-744-9796. The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. And we're back here at the Ray Hanania Radio Show, broadcasting on the U.S. Arab Radio Network in Detroit and Washington, D.C., sponsored by Arab News, the voice of a changing region. This is Wednesday, September 27th, and this is Season 3, Episode 22 of our radio show. I got two phenomenal guests with an amazing story. Obviously, it's an amazing story to see and hear about, but for Michael Taylor and his son, they both spent time in a Japanese prison uh, for helping somebody get out of Japan to escape uh, charges that he faced. Um, and Michael Taylor was charged with uh, uh, violating the law, basically, in Japan. But Dr. William Cleary, who's been in Japan, an attorney for many years, two decades, I believe, says that that's not the case, that it isn't really a crime to jump bail. Um, and that the charges against Mr. Taylor were really kind of exaggerated. This is one of those stories where I don't know how you get your side of the story out, Michael, um, because it's so complex, it's so complicated, and it involves a guy who has made so much money and at one time was at the pinnacle of the auto industry, one of the top CEOs of two of the biggest automakers in the world. Um, and you get kind of shoved aside by all that. Th there was a question in that that I was going to ask you about. Was there a relationship between your family and Gowen's family? Um, or is it just that you're, are you have Lebanese heritage in your background? Um, yeah, before I answer that, you know, I just wanted to make sure that sure. it was clear for the record and, and the viewers can understand and listeners can understand that. Sure. The real issue here was not a violation of law because there was no law violated whatsoever. Again, right. bail jumping is not a crime and we didn't harbor anybody because the investigation was over. They charged us with Article 103, the 103 of the Japanese Penal Code, which was inaccurate. And then Professor Cleary, you know, states that, you know, eloquently. The issue is that what was the motivation for Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo to send us to Japan, approve that extradition when the State Department has it on record that people are tortured there. That's the question that I have. Now, going Absolutely. back to your question,
going back to your question regarding the relationship, my sister-in-law, Joanna, is second cousins with Carlos Gusson. So that's the relationship. And was that the tie that connected you to him that brought you to his, uh, to no. become somebody that helped him? Or how did you no. actually, how did you actually get involved with him? Yeah, there was a couple having dinner one night and uh, the wife of one of the couples that I know had, they were just talking about Carlos's situation, as I understand it, as it was explained to me. And she said, well, if my husband was held up somewhere, I'd call Mike Taylor. The other couple, the, the, the man in the other relationship there said, oh, I know him. He helped me once in Iraq during the war. And I ended up getting a call from him. That's how it all started. He happened to be a, an associate of Carol and, and Carlos. And uh, William Cleary, Dr. William Cleary, I mean, when you look at all this, um, is do you feel that uh, Michael is correct when he when you when he refers to the Michael Pompeo's action at the time of uh, authorizing this extradition to Japan, that they would send an American citizen to a country where there were allegations of torture? I, I've never heard of that. Well, it's 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 very very strange indeed. Um, the extradition law is kind of complicated, and it involves law and politics, and it's only reserved for very serious crimes like murder, bank robbery, something like that. Not for a crime that this is considered. You know, this the maximum penalty was three years for harboring, and uh, that. Uh, a very kind of a minor crime on the scale of things. And so the question in everybody's mind was why did the US government go along with their request? It's just, there's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a puzzle. There's something, and I think Michael has it right that there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about in terms of uh, influence by uh, Japanese money, and, uh, uh, you know, the. Uh, the lobbyists and whatever, because it just doesn't pass the smell test. It just in no way that these especially guys, even, even if they were guilty, even if let's say they that was a crime, it, this type of crime is not one where you send your own citizens to another country, especially that country that has a reputation for you know abusing people. Yeah, Michael, Japan, have, Japan, oh, Japan right. has a, only has an extradition treaty with two companies, uh, two countries, the United States and South Korea. And, you know, here they are extraditing me and my son, who barely had anything to do with this, to Japan, knowing we're going to be tortured. Yet in December 2016, in federal court in Michigan, three Japanese citizens were indicted for the Dakota airbag scam that has resulted in a death at the time of 16 people is now up to 29 people, yet they were never extradited. Wow. And in the extradition treaty, it says that the United States can say, no, we're not extraditing without reason. You don't need to give a reason. Well, wow. Another interesting aspect recently is there were three British citizens who robbed uh, 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 a jewelry store in Tokyo and fled with a lot of goods, like maybe half a million dollars worth of uh, valuables. And they were in England and the judge there, there's no extradition treaty, but there was a request to send them back to Japan. And the judge said, no, you know, and I, so the, the British got it right. 
you know, that they didn't send their citizens back to Japan because of that exact reason that they could be subject to abuse during their interrogations and stuff. So yeah, so at least at least the words getting out that hey, Japan does torture people. You don't have you know any right rights, and they will violate your human rights with, without blinking or batting an eye about it. So that's the Japanese. I mean, the uh, British judge said absolutely not. You know, they may be guilty of this, and there was a Japanese security guard severely injured when the alleged robbery took place. But the Japanese justice said no, absolutely not. We're not sending people over there because. I believe you're going to torture them. And that judge was correct. We're living I, I know proof that, of it. I know this might be a little tough question, but who are you angrier with not with the Japanese government or Carlos go going? Because um, I, it seems like you were wrong by both sides. And I was going to also ask Dr. Cleary. Uh, it seems like the ain't that this was driven by the embarrassment that the Japanese government must have felt. But Michael, who who are you angry with? Do you think who really betrayed you more? I, I think my own country betrayed me more. Donald Trump, starting with him, because right. he knew about this. Several people spoke to him about it, and Donald Trump beats his chest about human rights and how he right. supports the veterans. Well, I'm a combat veteran. Yep. And he treated us like a pawn, and I want to know why. Mm, you think excellent. there's something behind that? I would bet anything that there's something behind it because it's never happened in the history before. It's not a crime. It's easy to say it's not a crime. Yet they have people, Japanese citizens, who are indicted in federal court in Michigan in December of 2016 for the death of people, yet we can't get them extradited here. Tell me there ain't a ball game going on somewhere. If you were to run into uh, Carlos Ghosn, if you were to go to Lebanon, what would you say to him? I don't think I'll run into him. I got nothing to say. Really? I mean, it, it just seems he left you with massive legal fees. You owe a lot of money, correct? In legal oh, yeah. fees? I sure do. Wow. It, is there any chance that you've thought about filing a lawsuit against him or not following against uh, Carlos going for not living up to his responsibilities uh, to to you for what you did for him. Have you well, thought right about now, a lawsuit? Well, right now, um, there's an agreement in place to pay certain amounts, but that agreement is way too long. You know, I'm out of pocket $842,000 wow. for legal fees. That's just what I've spent. I haven't got that back yet. So that's my first priority to get that back first. So it sounds like there's a little pressure on you not to be too tough though with him because this, he owes you money. He should pay you. Ray, you're a brilliant questioner. <laughs> well, you, I don't know if everybody would agree with me on, on that, agree with you. Well, that's, that. that's a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience picking that up. <laughs> there's another right. interesting case. In history, where Bobby Fischer, the chess player, was oh, yeah. playing, uh, playing chess uh, illegally against American law with a Russian, and uh, was held was in Japan. It's being held in Japan, and the U.S. wanted him extradited, and Japan refused to send him there. And Iceland granted them citizenship, and uh, so he was he was uh, went to Iceland and lived there. 
But the U.S. government had demanded a U.S. citizen be sent to, back to the U.S. for violating U.S. law. And the Japanese said no. So why did the Americans say to, that we, okay, and agree with the Japanese and send the two Americans over there? It just doesn't make sense. It's not fair. How long, how not, long can you, how long can you wait to be fairly compensated, not just for rescuing them, but for going through what you and your son went through sitting in a jail in Japan uh, with this terrible deprivation that many would consider uh, to be a form of torture? How long can you wait? You know, Ray, that's one of those questions where I would say life has a lot of strange twists and turns, and one never knows what could happen in the near future. Dr. Cleary, did you ever at any time have any concerns for your own well-being, given the outspokenness and the position you've taken regarding Japanese law and the the case of, you know, involving Michael Taylor? Well, I, I did. I did. But I also made it very clear in all of my statements that were submitted to the federal district court that I was not doing this as an advocate for Michael and Peter. I was doing this to inform the judge and to assist the judge in understanding Japanese law. So I, uh, that, uh, you know, just to make it clear what, what my motive was. And right. um, I was concerned because, um, and actually there was some people coming around my house, you know, guys in suits and wow. uh, just looking around to make sure I really existed. But I've never heard anything, uh, never had any retribution or anything. I've just traveled recently to Guam. And I was, wasn't stopped at immigration or anything, cleared, you know, cleared customs and everybody, so. But, uh, just, a, just, a, just the fact that somebody would be concerned about that reminds me of the, the Cold War in, in the Soviet Union with the KGB. Any final thoughts? I mean, just, I, just that, you know, on this issue, maybe start with Dr. William Cleary. Any final thoughts? What do you, what do you say to other Americans? Um, you know, I was going to send my son to Japan. Um, he was going to go study there. And after I saw this story, it really concerned me because I thought, wow, what if he does something by accident and ends up in, in that system? It was a little frightening for me. It, it really changed this story changed, I think, how I and many people look at Japan. And I think that's what the Japanese government is most upset about, the way they've been portrayed or exposed, as critics might say, uh, because of all this that happened to uh, Mr. Goen and, and especially to Michael Taylor. Yeah. Well, I, I first came here in 1977, and, uh, and then I got a nice... Uh, Japanese government scholarship in 1983 to study at Hokkaido University. Um, and uh, I, so I've been here a long time. I have five children that were born in this country, um, uh, three adult sons and two uh, teenage daughters. And um, I am trying to work on the inside to help change the system with other professors and colleagues to uh, improve the system, to modernize the system, to bring it up to date by exposing it. So I'm working on the inside to change the system. And that's, uh, that's where I'm coming from uh, right now. But in terms of uh, being afraid to come to Japan, if you don't do anything wrong and you're not arrested, you, it's, right. a, it's a nice country. It's a really nice country. Good health care. Um, the streets are clean. The toilets are clean. The, the people are friendly. Uh, and, and now with the weekend, it's a, it's a bargain in terms of, you know, buying and shopping, doing things. So um, uh, 
but if you're an executive in a company and uh, you know and you have to there's a lot of technical rules regarding disclosures and that you have to be very careful you have to be extremely careful you don't want to cut any corners uh, because it can be used against you so yeah everybody knows it I think, Michael, you would probably say that if you do nothing wrong, you don't have to be afraid of anything. But in fact, you felt you didn't do anything wrong. Um, and yet you were punished so terribly. Um, what would be your final thoughts in terms of what happened? Yeah. Those those are the good old days. when you, you don't have anything to worry about if you didn't do anything wrong. Those are the good old days. Uh, yeah. If you embarrass them, which they were embarrassed, They'll go to the earth's ends for retaliation. And when they throw money around, even at the, the likes of the president of the United States, the so-called most powerful man on earth, it's interesting why he capitulated and sent an American veteran over that he claims he supports. While yeah. they have American, British, Japanese citizens who are wanted for murder of Americans, yet they don't get extradited. And if I were in your shoes, of course, I'm a writer. I'd be sitting there thinking, I have a book here. I have a movie here, my own movie, telling your own story. It's a very compelling story. Have you thought about any of that? Or does that factor come in where let's wait a little while because maybe Carlos Ghosn will come to his senses and recognize how he has really forsaken somebody who saved his life. Well, MGM's actually making the movie already. Sam Rockwell, who's an Academy Award winner, is playing me in it. And Javier Bardem, I understand, is playing Carlos. So both are Academy Award winners. Well, that's pretty impressive. And the uh, writer, the uh, script writer is uh, Davy Holmes who also wrote Get Shorty. So they've got a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent thrown at that film. So it's gonna be really interesting. Is there a financial connection or connection, professional connection between you and the upcoming movie? Yeah, I sold the rights to the movie, to MGM. Oh, you did? Does I that did. help at least a little bit with your legal bills? Not, not until, um, not really, not until they start you know, making the movie. Then it starts you to help a little bit. Do they have an expected uh, release date? Because I definitely will be one of the people looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, no, not yet. It's still early. I don't think they're done with the script. So, but it, it you know, it'll come out in Hollywood time, whatever that is. All right. Well, if I were Carlos Goen, I'd be thinking now's the time to influence Michael Taylor to make sure that movie plays the way I'd want it to play. And I would step up to the plate and do something to help you. So I'm thinking there's a short window there that he has before that movie comes out. Um, and Mr. Cleary, just to be, uh, again, just to be clear, you weren't paid by, uh, by Michael Taylor to do this. You did this because you felt there was this legal principle that was involved. I received a little bit of compensation to do research. Okay. okay. Extra research. All right. But, yeah. All right. but still, it was I, I, I didn't even know that. generous. Yeah. I didn't I, even know that. Wow. I, <laughs> I think it was very generous. I think, Mr. Clear, Dr. Cleary, you were very generous to step in and uh, help and speak up for Michael Taylor because there weren't a lot of people that really stood up. Um, well, well, when, I see, when I see any when I see any fellow American uh, in trouble, 
and it deals with Japanese law. I reach out to them and offer services, and I've done that on many occasions, and I'm continuing to do that. So if I see an American that's uh, that is, you know, getting getting subject to the Japanese judicial system, justice system, or whatever, uh, I, I I reach out and offer my services. See, that's right, the, that's have- the American spirit, Ray, that we're missing these days. That right there, that's the American spirit. Instead, right. the president of the United States in the highest office is trading his citizens away for what? We'd like to know why. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we, we're at the end of the show? I want to thank both of you for coming on it. Any final remarks, final comments you want to make about this? Any any point you want to emphasize? Because this is so complicated. There's so many facts and twists and turns. It can be very confusing to you know to recognize the most important principles you know that are involved here. Anything at all you guys want to showcase? Well, there's so much more to this story that hasn't been released yet to the public. Um, it is vast amounts of information that maybe one day it'll come out. And, will we see? And and maybe the story's not over yet. Will we see this in the movie? Any of those uh, added facts? Oh, definitely. Okay. Anything you definitely can give us for our radio movie. show? All right. Listen, it's too early. It's, it's too it's too early for the movies yet. I'd have to All talk right. to have to talk to the the guys out All in right. Hollywood for that. Well, we definitely want to see that when it comes out so so we can do a write up a story and review on it. Michael Taylor, my guest, uh, the man who literally, a, a former Green Beret who literally saved Carlos Goen for what would have been a terrible imprisonment in Japan, um, saved him. He's enjoying his life in Lebanon. Michael Taylor spent uh, almost two years, I believe, correct, in prison in Japan, his son just under two years, and Dr. William Cleary, uh, really an authority, a legal authority on Japanese law. Thank you both for joining us here on radio. My My pleasure. pleasure. All right, I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to take our final break uh, and we'll for some closing remarks, and we will talk to you in a minute. We'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. 
Life for Relief and Development has now been rated as one of the best charities for humanitarian aid. Life's humanitarian projects span the globe, and Life is celebrating its 30th anniversary of providing essential life-saving aid to people and communities in 36 countries, regardless of race, color, religion, or cultural background. Where there is life, there is hope. And when disaster occurs here or around the world, including being one of the first responders to the Turkey-Syria earthquake crisis, Life for Relief and Development rushes in to provide food, medical aid, and shelter to those in need. We are looking to help the earthquake victims, and we take 0% overhead on emergency donations. So please help improve these efforts. Learn more about our involvement to help the helpless and bring hope where it's needed most. And make your tax-deductible donation to Life for Relief and Development now at lifeusa.org or call 248-424-7493. That's 248-424-7493. When you're looking for the best in optical care, Dr. Imad Nakash is your doctor to see. With years of experience and thousands of successful procedures performed, you can trust your eyes to Dr. Imad Nakash. See Dr. Imad Nakash and his professional staff for your eye care needs. There's two locations to serve you. In Hazel Park, call 248-336-3937. 248-336-3937. In Rochester Hills, call 248-299-3937. That's 248-299-3937. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. You've been listening to the Ray Hanania Radio Show, broadcast on the U.S. Arab Radio Network on WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit and on WDMV AM 700 Radio in Washington, D.C., sponsored by Arab News, the voice of a changing region at ArabNews.com. You can listen to a podcast of this radio show and past shows by visiting ArabNews.com slash Ray Radio Show. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you again as we address the many issues facing Arab Americans, the Middle East, right here from the United States. Bye-bye, everybody. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you.